What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Carrera. It is Friday. You know what that means. Kyle Posey is with me. What up, Kyle? What's going on, man? How's life? We've been uh we've been busy this week, but not really 49ers related, you and I. Yes, it is Super Bowl week. We have been talking to a ton of people. You had an awesome interview with Naheem Hines. I loved it. That was on Tuesday, I believe. So go check that out on the SB Nation NFL show. I've been talking to a bunch of people as well. Actually going to talk to Derek Henry in a little bit here. I did have the pleasure of speaking to Kirk Cousins yesterday. Oh, man. Did you ask the question? Did you ask? I did not. You know, I thought about it like just straight up. This is what I was going to do. I was going to ask him if he had ever found someone that loves him as much as Kyle Shanahan. But I was just worried, like, can he even say yes? Because is that tampering? Like, I didn't know what to do, so I didn't go there. After recording an episode about John Gruden, for you to ask that question would have just been the most hypocritical thing possible. So 100%. Thank you for that. And by the way, like when anytime the league wants to tell the 49ers when they're getting a draft pick for that, that would be great because that was absolutely ridiculous by John Gruden. He didn't pull any punches. He didn't hide anything. He didn't sugarcoat, beat around the bush or anything. He said, hey, man, come play with us, essentially, is what <laughs> he said. And Richard's like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we'll, we'll think about it. And this it's happening today now like with the Browns. So uh, everybody wants Sherm, apparently. Yeah, well, you can have them. Enjoy that. And by the way, the 49ers back in, I think it was either 2007 or 2008, got punished for tampering with Lance Briggs. They had to forfeit a fifth-round pick, and the league made them swap third-round picks with the Bears because that's who Briggs was under contract with at the time. So there's precedent for this. I think the 49ers should absolutely get something. But before we get rolling here, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We've got a lot to do here, Kyle, because – it is Super Bowl week and people are saying a lot of things. Ooh, I'm, I am saying a lot of things. We got stuff from Adam Schefter. We got stuff from Jet McKinnon. Todd Gurley has entered the chat. So we're going to get to all of it. Let's start with Adam Schefter. And I didn't see this. You made me aware of this. And I was like stunned here. So Adam Schefter went on with the Murph and Mac show on KMBR and was talking about quarterbacks because you can't go talk about the 49ers without talking about quarterbacks. And he then proceeds to open his mouth and unleash a torrent of quarterback diarrhea. In one answer, basically, he mentions 30% of the quarterback starting quarterbacks in the league. He mentions Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers in basically one answer. And, you know, people complaining about the Niners fans talking about quarterback rumors. Well, yell at Adam Schefter. Yeah, Adam, if Adam Schefter is talking about quarterbacks in the 49ers, then we are going to talk about quarterbacks in the 49ers. And I, I imagine that, you know, some of the names that he brought up isn't going to really move the needle. Tyrod Taylor can completely understand why nobody would want him as a starter. Uh, Carson Wentz, based on what he did this past season, yes, I can understand why you would not want him as a starter, especially given the fact that, you know, he's been in the league five years now and hasn't had a start or has only had two seasons where he's started 16 or so games. So I can understand why. But at the same time, you know, these guys are talented. Like Wentz has played at an MVP level in 2017. So there's reasons why these rumors keep resurfacing. Okay, let me read the quote first, and then I can get into some of this. That He was asked, basically, is it Deshaun Watson or Bust for the Niners? And he said, quote, I wouldn't say that. Deshaun or nobody? There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. Those Kirk Cousins rumors, I haven't heard anything to them, but who knows? What about Sam Darnold in New York? How about him? 
I think the Jets could wind up dealing him. What about Carson Wentz? What about Andy Dalton? What about Tyrod Taylor? There are so many quarterbacks. It's a weird offseason. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. What about Dak Prescott? So like I said, he literally throws out nine different guys there. You started talking about Wentz. Here's my worry with him. One, they can't give up a lot for him. His stock has never been lower. Plus, he's got cap hits in the 20s to mid-20s for the next few years. But the thing that really worries me, Kyle, is there's a lot of rumors about how he basically is uncoachable, doesn't take hard coaching, demands to not run certain things. I can't imagine that's going to mesh well with Kyle Shanahan, who I have heard is hard on quarterbacks behind the scenes. Kyle Shanahan's hard on every player. And I don't think people understand. I think when we see, you know, the the guy that we see in the press conferences, very, you know, subtle, low-key, um, mild-mannered, that's not who Kyle Shanahan is during practices. Like, he is screaming at God. He, he will let you know when you're wrong. And there are times that we've seen, obviously, this past season, the quarterbacks have been wrong a lot. And he's not going to sugarcoat that. So, Getting Wentz from everything that we've read and from everything you've just that you just said about him, I just don't see how that they would work out because just headbutting constantly. And that's just not how, you know, an offense runs smoothly. And Kyle's going to get his way no matter what. And <laughs> like we know we know that. So for Wentz to, you know, be that kind of guy, just yeah, that, that relationship is broken before it even started. Plus, I mean, the Eagles basically fired Doug Peterson because he was kind of done with Carson Wentz. So then now you're suddenly going to trade Carson Wentz. It's like, well, then why didn't you just keep Peterson? That seems like a weird thing there. Let's get into Dak because that's fascinating to me. Like, that is juicy. I think that Dak would be awesome in this offense. What do you think? I don't think that there is a better quarterback out there than Dak Prescott. I think for what everything Kyle Shanahan asked of his quarterbacks – Dak Prescott is the best of quote unquote available. We don't know if he's available yet, but in this hypothetical scenario, I imagine. So he'd be much cheaper than Deshaun Watson. He's probably going to cost a first round pick or maybe two first round picks. But Dak Prescott is worth that because up until this past season, he hadn't missed a start um, for the previous four seasons. And he's a very, very, very good quarterback. Like, I don't know if he is in that top five elite, but if not, he's six, seven, eight. He's right, right there, right next, uh, right after those guys. Uh, just a smart guy, knows where to go with the football, is mobile enough to manipulate the pocket, will test the field, will throw the ball, or will test, you know, make throws down the field, and will give your guys a chance. And I just think that he hides, he masks, you know, some of the deficiencies that Dallas had. So uh, elevating talent around him, you know, he, he – Instantly, Brandon Ayuk would become a better player. So I, I think if there is a guy that you want to roll the dice on, that is going to be Dak Prescott. Unrestricted free agent is probably going to command a lot, but you know, Prague they can get they can get creative with his salary cap. They can move money around. So I'm not too worried about you know tying up a lot of money in year one or year two. So that's the question for me right now. He looks like he's going to be franchised. Maybe if you tagged him, you would owe him thirty seven million dollars. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this. If he's tagged, can't the 49ers give up two first-round picks to get him? They could, yep. And I'm not sure how that would – if they would be able to restructure that tag number, so I don't know that. But, yes, if they place a tag on him, uh, San Francisco 49ers, two first-rounders, and then he's yours. Like, how could you – I would do that in a second. If I were John Lynch, like, shut up and take the picks, yeah. especially because, like – Let's just assume that they were going to draft a quarterback in the next two years anyway. That's probably one of the picks right there. So, like, to give up just one extra first-round pick, like, absolutely I would do that. So, I don't know. I mean, 
it seems like if he was going to work out a deal with the Cowboys, he would have done that by now. Now, maybe the injury changes his thinking. I don't know. But, I mean, when you're this close to free agency, too, like, you know, maybe he's just like, forget it. We'll just figure out one more year, and then I'll hit the open market. But if 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 it all it takes is two first-round picks, like, that's easy. That is easy because you're going to have to give up that if you wanted to trade up the ni- if you're the Niners this year anyway. Exactly. And I wonder if because he's coming off that injury and they Dallas decides not to franchise him that you could even have Dak Prescott for less than that. So maybe a first round and two seconds or a first round, a second round, a third round, something along those lines where you are able to hold on to a first round pick, a future first round, perhaps. So yeah, there, there are ways again to execute this trade. I imagine if he does come available and who's to say that, you know, teams are not making calls about Dak already. So yeah, make that phone call to see what they want, because that is the guy. If there is a guy more so than Stafford, more so, then a lot of other names that we've brought up, uh, Dak is the guy. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't really compared those two in my head yet, but I think I would take Dak over Stafford. I mean, he is coming off the injury, but Stafford's got a long injury history himself. How much, how worried are you about Dak with that? I mean, that was a gruesome, what was it, like a dislocated ankle? Yeah, it was it was ugly, and I'm sure we all saw that. I'm sure you know we were tired of seeing the replay once they showed the replay. But as I mentioned, that was the first time that he's missed time. So to act, and I'm sure people, you know, you're going to remember the last thing you saw from somebody. So yep. knowing that he's fresh off an injury, people are going to think that Dak Prescott has an injury history and is injury prone. But that's just not the case at all. So I would chalk that up to you know. It happens. It's it's football and you're going to get hurt. So to assume that that's going to happen in the future years, that's not fair to Dak. And that's just not how this sport works. So I, I'd roll the dice. Any any move you're going to make is going to be a gamble. Bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back is going to be a gamble. So if you're going to make a gamble, why not make it on a guy that you know that you've seen play at a high level and MVP type level? Yeah, and that that's a good point, too. There is risk in anything. Even Jimmy is a risk. So you're going to have to get comfortable with that, regardless of the quarterback path that the 49ers take. And the skeptic in me would say, well, hey, Dak has been surrounded with really good talent in Dallas and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. But like you pointed out, he'd have really good talent in San Francisco. So that's not really that big of an issue. And the thing I like about Dak, too, is he runs the ball in the end zone. He's he doesn't scramble all the time, but he knows like when to strike with that kind of thing. He's got 24 touchdowns and I think five years in his career on the ground. I would that would be an element to me in the red zone that the 49ers could really use because I think Kyle sometimes kind of struggles in that area. I think that's a great point because especially in the red zone, when you just need a guy that can make plays. Like that's it. You don't have you're gonna eventually at some point you're gonna have to have a guy that can beat the defense, whether it's an unblocked rusher, whether he can find the mismatch. And that's Dak. He does a really good job of that. And he's always under control, it seems like. And he always seems to make the right decision. And, I mean, there's going to be people that say compare his record against teams over 500. But that's more Dallas having that defense that they have. I think people forget the 49ers still have this great defense. So Dak's not going to have to throw for 500 yards every game in order to win. That's not how the 49ers have been winning. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great point as far as just running down. And not even near the red zone. It could be third and four. Teams are playing man. You blitz Dak, he's going to make you play. He's not going to rush for like 30 yards like Lamar might, but he's going to get you 10, 10 yards first down, and that's all that matters. You keep the offense on the field, keep, keep it moving. And something that I've harped on all year long and multiple years really with Kyle Shanahan, if you've got Dak and it's fourth and two, fourth and one, maybe Kyle's a little more apt to go for it because he knows he could use Dak's running ability to pick up those short yardage plays, kind of like the Chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes. 
And that could be something because I feel like there's a huge opportunity for the Niners to get more aggressive on fourth down. And maybe he feels more comfortable with that with Dak as opposed to Jimmy or somebody that's not mobile. Yeah, who's to say that he wouldn't be uber aggressive on fourth down knowing that his quarterback is Dak in every situation, not just, you know, um, as as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to my mind was the Super Bowl at the end of the half last year. So he called he might call a timeout because he knows that I can move the ball and I'm not my quarterback didn't just throw an interception. So I'm scared to move the ball before the half against Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, there are so many examples where, you know, we kind of ignore but Dak just elevates your team. Dak is a better football player than what the 49ers have had at quarterback, not just Jimmy, but probably going back for a long, long time. So um, when these yep. type of quarterbacks become available, I feel like those are the – you have to just pounce on those opportunities. So it's so funny you mentioned the Super Bowl. I don't know why I did this, but I literally just this morning was watching the 28-3 to Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, and I wanted to see how Kyle reacted – after Matt Ryan turnovers to see if he goes into the shell like he does with the 49ers. And guess what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he doesn't. He's chucking that thing. When they turn the ball over, he is throwing the ball. He's throwing it downfield aggressively. Like that is such a like clear indication to me of just his confidence in the quarterback position and how much he has altered it with the 49ers. And I, I just wish people could understand what we're potentially missing out on because of what's there right now. It's almost as if he doesn't trust the current quarterback. <laughs> it's almost as if he's been burned multiple times by the current quarterback. And because of that, he's coaching the way he is. Like Kyle Shanahan is not this fullback run heavy co- uh, coach. We know that because we've seen him not even just with the Falcons going back to the Texans, even with the Browns at times. He opens up and he wants to let it fly. So look at the weapons that he has. He has Debo. He has Kittle. He has Brandon Ayuk. Like These are guys that you want to get the ball to. I feel like even a guy like Richie James could open up and be that you know that receiver that gets you 50 yards every three games or so just because yeah. he's going to hit a big play. But when you have a quarterback you can trust, that allows you to you know have those under – you know, those uh, – lesser known guys become bigger, bigger targets and maybe not like me, Cole Hardman, but in the same thought of that, where you can, he'd be more of a weapon. Yeah. Danny Amendola guys that can gouge you on a big play every once in a while. That'd be, you know, kind of nice to actually see. Okay. Before we take our break, are there any other quarterbacks that Schefter mentioned that you think we should discuss? No, I mean, he, as we mentioned, you said Tyrod Taylor, we said Sam Darnold. We've been, we've done the Sam Darnold dance plenty of times, but I, I really don't think so. I, if you're going to make a move, it would be for a guy like Dak. Yep, I would like to see it. I would like to see a big swing from this front office. You know, they're rumored to be willing to make a lot of stuff, but let's see them actually do it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, there is a former All-Pro who says he has definitely thought about playing in Kyle Shanahan's system. We'll tell you who it is and discuss how possible that is after the break. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. Okay, KP, I talked about an All-Pro who said he has definitely thought about playing with Kyle Shanahan, and that is Todd Gurley who is going to be a free agent, who's still only 26 years old, by the way, which is incredible. Like, you think he's this veteran guy. You know, he's literally at 26 years old, and he said he has definitely thought about playing with Kyle. He even pointed out that he recognized, even with all the injuries they had, the Niners still moved the ball on the ground. Kyle likes to have a veteran running back in there. How possible do you think this is? Kyle also likes speed, and at this point, you may be faster than Todd Gurley. I I definitely am. (laughs) I don't think he can move anymore, which when you say that he's 26, 
that is that doesn't make sense. That does not compute <laughs> because it feels like he's been in the NFL forever. But he came in when he was 21. And even this past season, so he played in 15 games and he played in 15 games for Rams last year. But it doesn't seem like that because you never really see anything that Todd Gurley has done. So he, he averaged three, three and a half yards per carry this past season with the Rams and last year or sorry, this past season with the Falcons and the, the season before with the Rams in 2019, he averaged three point eight yards per carry. That's not going to get it done. And what we've seen with like the Jeff Wilsons, with the Raheem Mosters, and even the, you know, the other running backs that have gotten an opportunity for the 49ers, they, they have speed and that's because, and they need to break those runs. And that's what Shanahan's offense is, you know, kind of built around. And I'm sure Gurley would be better in the 49ers offense just because every running back is going to be better in the 49ers offense. That doesn't mean you go out and sign Todd Gurley because that's his name. They're, they're going to, they should bring in a guy that is, has, you know, the ability to make plays out of the backfield, if anything. And that's not going to be Todd Gurley. So while the name might still hold weight to some, I just don't, I just can't see them making a move for a guy who does have an injury history as well. Yeah, I saw the name and I saw he was only 26 and I was like, oh, maybe I should consider this. And then I looked and saw he ran for 678 yards and I was like, damn, that would have led the 49ers last year, (laughs) which is pathetic. But then you look, the 3.5 yards per carry, that is, and I know that doesn't always tell the full story, but that is a huge red flag to me. You combine that with the fact that I think it was his trainer described his knee as arthritic. That is not something I want to hear for a dude that's 26 years old. So as much as the name would be fun to think about, I I just can't see that happening. Yeah, he's not going to get healthier anytime soon. He's not going to get, quote unquote, you know, better anytime soon. We've probably seen the best of Todd Gurley. And it's, you know, you're you're just going against the grain if you if you're willing to fork out money for a free agent running back and assume that all of a sudden he's going to return to the player he once was. Speaking of banged up running backs, and this is the second time we're going to talk about this guy, because I know the 49er fans are all fired up about it. Jarek McKinnon on his Instagram appeared to say goodbye to the Niners. He posted with a picture of him throwing up the deuces, by the way, forever thankful. But I said what I said every day. I wake up to some brand new hate. Okay, Uh, who is hating on Jarek McKinnon? Like who's even talking about Jarek McKinnon? I think the only time that 49ers fans mention or remember that Jared McKinnon is a thing is when he <laughs> posts on Instagram and he talks down on the team or whether it's a story, who knows. But why are they so upset is a quote. Who cares? <laughs> who? He's not coming back. You know that. And then people, fans are like, you're being disrespectful to the organization just because he said something publicly that was very mild and vanilla anyway. It's not like he's, you know, cussing out Kyle Shanahan or he said he's not reminding the team that they lost the suit. Like, he's not doing these things at all. And to think that he's the only one who feels this way is naive, but he's out in public and he's saying it. So, of course, you know, they're going to gang up on Jared McKinnon. But, I mean, he's speaking his mind, and I don't mind that at all. I wish more athletes would speak their mind because it would be more refreshing and we wouldn't have to, you know, beat around the bush and act like, you know, everything's sunshine and rainbows with every player on the team. Yeah, I don't get it either. He was asked if he's going to come back, and what he essentially said was, no. Now, did he say it a little more enthusiastically? Yes, but he didn't say, no, I'm not going back to that trash organization. No, I'm not going back because they didn't use me the right way, or or I'll be better somewhere. He just said no in a very enthusiastic way. And why fans are upset that the third string running back with a long injury history said he's not coming back to the team, I do not understand it. And if you look at that picture, Fred Warner, um, George Kittle, like all the better players on the team like liked it. It's not like they're 
you know, they don't look at that and take offense. So why should you, the fan, take offense? You know that he's not coming back. Stop getting up in arms about everything possible and just move on. Who cares, man? That's that's how I feel about it. Good for you, Jet, for speaking your mind. Fans, who cares? Yeah, like literally the best play he ever had was like a 40-yard run on third and 30 or something against the Jets earlier this year. Like this guy is not even a blip in 49ers history. That's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Next year, nobody's going to remember this at all. So when if that's the case, why are we spending time? Like why do you why would you, the fan, go out of your way to post like a block comment on him? He's not nobody he does not think that highly of you <laughs> because he does not think that highly of the team. Nobody it's not that big of a deal, man. It's it's unreal, but that's that's kind of the fan brain where you can trash one player but you cannot trash another player. One last thing I want to mention cuz this is another fan who it takes a lot of criticism from from the faithful. And it's Kendrick Bourne who said recently that the 49ers have told him they want him back. And that was a guy, KP, that I basically kind of just penciled in as gone. Do you think there's anything to that? Or do you think the rest of that quote is the 49ers want me back, dot, 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 but only at their number? Yeah, I imagine it's going to be at their number. But with that said, it's really easy to tell that Kyle Shanahan and the organization just likes him because of his energy. And he's said, Kyle has said that his energy means a lot. His energy uplifts the team. And you could, you could just see it practice. Like he, once he starts dancing, that's when everybody livens up and loosens up. So I could see why there is value in Kendrick Bourne. The question is, what number are you going to bring him back? Is it going to only be like $5 million? Is it even going to be less than that? Because you have to think, what can he do that you cannot get from somebody else? And that's where this whole decision on bringing Bourne back. So I think there is a chance that he comes back. It's probably closer to a coin flip and then him just walking out the door because there is that value, because they do need a quote-unquote possession receiver, especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I feel like that is important. And Kendrick Bourne is that. And I know we all always talk about, you know, the drops that he had because they do seem to come in bunches. Drops are probably the most overrated stat for wide receiver. And I feel like, and this is going to come off as harsh, but when you – constantly reference drops that really tells you you know the lack of substance or the lack of knowledge that you have about the sport because there's so much so much more that goes into just football than drops than something as simple as drops because first of all it's not even I mean I don't want to get into there's there's more than one type of drop and with Kendrick Bourne you can tell he has good hands so why are we talking about this this is drop they happen out in opportune times sure but he he is a very I think he is much more value than what fans would give him credit for. Yeah, and he has high-profile drops. Like, the one I immediately think of is in the first game against the Seahawks in 2019. Jimmy G rolls out. He throws it. It's a little high, but it tips off of his hands and gets picked. And, like, that was – I'm not going to lie. I had the emotional reaction in the moment. I yelled out the F word extremely loud and then, you know, just unleashed a torrent of horrible things about Kendrick Bourne. That that's my it's on me. That's a me problem. Sorry, Kendrick. I, I, I over I exaggerated the importance of that play. That is my fault. You wanted to cut him after that, didn't you? Yeah, I would have cut him on the spot. Like immediately. <laughs> immediately. I had had it with Kendrick Bourne at that point. But you're right. Like there's there, how you get open, how you block. There's a ton of things that go into being a good wide receiver. It's not just the occasional what handful of play. I mean, even if it's 10 drops a year, that's literally 10 plays out of a season of hundreds that you need to evaluate. Yeah. I think the issue is you'd a fan would much, much more remember the drop against Seattle as opposed to Kendrick Bourne busting his tail on a 
awful decision in Minnesota in a playoff game to bail his quarterback out to make a play, which he did twice that game. And he made some very tough catches in, you know, contested situations that move the change for the 49ers. And it seems like he does that once or twice a game. So those are the plays that stand out to me more, you know, than the drop, which are, they hurt, man. There's no doubt about it. There's no dancing around that, that his drops specifically come at what seemed to be the worst time possible. <laughs> but again, he's made so many plays over the course of the past couple of seasons where it's easy to forgive him for that. Absolutely. He had a huge play on third down in the Super Bowl over the middle, made a great catch on a high ball. People forget the two third and 16s against the Rams. Kendrick Bourne catches the first one that allows for the Emmanuel Sanders bomb later in that game. That's him. Like, so you're right. There are good plays there that we should focus on. I'm sorry, Kendrick Bourne. I hope you come back. I don't think you will, uh, but I hope you do. By the way, if you missed it, you should check out Wednesday's Shanna plan with KP and Akash because they went through and gave you a free agent upgrade for the 49ers at every position. And the options you discussed at wide receiver, like you kind of wet my appetite a little. Now I'm kind of hoping that they do invest a little money there because there are some potentially good options. There really are. And again, just keep building around your quarterback, no matter who that is. Keep giving him options, keep giving him weapons, and that'll just make life easier. So many times during the season, we've talked about trading quarterbacks and why you wouldn't want to trade, quote unquote, like Nick Bosa, for example. Well, of course, but if you get a quarterback and you have weapons around him, your defense does not have to be lights out anymore. I don't know why that part of the equation keeps getting left out. You don't have to be this top five defense when you're scoring more points. The option should be score more points. That's what's winning in the NFL. Look around. So, um, yeah, I think that the plan this offseason should be to continue to get more weapons around the quarterback. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Niners Nation podcast. Again, keep your eye out on, on Adam Schefter because they're, you know, he only mentioned 30% of the league's quarterbacks. So there's still 70% <laughs> that he hasn't mentioned yet and we haven't even talked about. So brace yourself for that. Real quick, what's your pick for the game on Sunday? I think the Chiefs keep it, I think the Bucks keep it close. And then I think the Chiefs run away from, run away in the second half. And, and not, it's not going to be like last year. I believe it's going to be much more high scoring than that. But I just don't see – I think the Chiefs are actually better this year. I think that they – I think they've been going through the motions, and I think they're going to win by double digits. Yeah, I think Mahomes is definitely better. I think they're facing a much worse defense this year in the Super Bowl than they did last year. And I I just think that if everybody plays their regular average game and nothing – nobody does anything extraordinary, the Chiefs are going to work them because Mahomes, <laughs> like, that's just that's just what it is. I, I hate to see Patrick Mahomes with that damn trophy again in the confetti, but I think it's going to be Kansas City in a romp. 31-20. Again, how does that make you feel? Yeah, yeah I'll go 35-20, and I, don't th- I think it'll be like Tampa Bay will get a garbage touchdown late in the game right. to get to 20. I don't even think it's going to be that bad. So uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I want to see a good game at least because it's the last football game we are going to get for months. Like sometimes I don't think we think about that before the Super Bowl. This is it, people. So enjoy it. Enjoy the game. Niners Nation will be here with you throughout the entire offseason, which is going to be crazy. So enjoy it. And we'll talk to you next week. 